This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. This thing will go back and forward, back and forward. He may have him at three. Somebody else will put Justin Fields in front of him. He may drop to four. Just think about it. It happens. It just happens. And this is just one person. And I'm sure as time goes on, there'll be others that say, you know, we like Trevor Lawrence. But and then they'll start talking about his shoulder, even though it's the opposite shoulder from where he his throwing shoulder. It's the other shoulder. They'll start talking about that. Oh, how's that going to affect him? Well, it's not going to affect him. Well, when he turns his shoulder, it can, you know, all the unnecessary stuff. In the end, he still will be one of the top quarterbacks taken. The, the top quarterback taken. The top quarterback taken. Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, yeah. yeah. Jay Williams, Zubin as well. ESPN 690, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Right here in Jacksonville and all across the country for those guys. All across the country for us, too. All you got to do is check it out on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. See, we're national. We're right. also right here in your car on yeah. ESPN 690. And, well, in Georgia, down to Melbourne. I'll tell you what, man. Big signal. There better be some NFL news happening quick the next couple of days. Because <laughs> if I think about more Trevor Lawrence and uh, shoulder, uh, game manager. I'm just saying, man, this stuff is slowly starting to build, Brent. All right, It's slowly starting to snowball inside of me. And unless I get a, a Cox Media therapist to talk about it to, I'm going to unleash on the radio. <laughs> and you, you may not want that. So. I kind of like the fact that you're ta- – you're, see, I'm not even there yet. But, yeah, but, but you know how I feel about it. I've talked about this how many times, the disrespect. Yeah, right? I know. You you get wrapped up in that I do. more than well, I do. Well, and you should. You should take it seriously, Brent. Yeah. You're disrespecting our city. Um, our city, Brent. It's our city. Our and city. And now our guy. And, and our guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you went to his hometown, yeah. man. So if anybody should be going to war, it's By you. the way, it was a good idea to go to his hometown, as I told Stuart. You know why? Because there's like articles all over the place now on Trevor Lawrence's hometown. Oh, yeah? So for all those people who ask, why are you going before we even draft? It yeah. gets drafted. Well, go read Sports do Illustrated. You, do you think they copied Times you or Union. Go read wherever else I saw Bleacher Report. Sure. That's why we went early. Did they copy? You think? No, they didn't copy. They oh, went, they I just... knew they were going to go. Everybody's oh, going to go do the story. Okay. I mean, okay. they should do the story about his hometown, where he came from. It's going to okay. be a big part of it. Now, what about his pro day, though? What, uh, do, you, what, what do you think about that one? <laughs> yeah, I was still the only one there. Is that the, the whole Todd McShay <laughs> thing we're talking about here? <laughs> yeah, I was chasing McShay, yeah. McShay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Steve Smith. Yeah, Steve Smith, I got too. Steve Smith. Credit, yeah. Anybody else get them? No. No. Ate at SO Club a couple times now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The Wings. Are they legit? So, yeah. Okay, that's TDs. That's TDs, You yeah. think by now I would know the difference. Tiger Fever Wings. That's what it stands for? It's no. T- wait. That would be TF. Thank you, man. <laughs> that's how that's how words TD, work. TD, Tiger Fever, okay. That's how, uh, that's how, well, TD stands for touchdowns, right? Yes, I okay. think so. Ah, okay. <laughs> Even though it's crossed from the soccer field. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, anyway, uh, we will defend Trevor Lawrence till the death. Okay, well, you said that, not me. I mean, you're fighting for him on March 13th. Didn't say I was going to die for him. <laughs> I'll fight for him. Doesn't mean I'm you're taking him to Orlando and fighting. Are you going to wear Trevor Lawrence on your pants? No, I can't say I'm going to, man. Sorry about that. Do you, you want me to walk out in a Trevor Lawrence jersey? Yeah. yeah. Jack should sponsor you. You should have Jags on your shorts. Didn't they have like a pro golfer they were sponsoring? They did. That's I mean, golf. What the heck? And golf? What are you doing, and Jaguars? Golf? Hey, hey. And you have one of your own? By the way. You could call the Detroit Lions. I bet they will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mike Brunel pretty much owes me a favor anyway. They got him in there. Hey, so. Brunel can hook you up. Yeah, with I'll see what I can do, man. Is that guy still golfing for the Jaguars or not? Um, yeah, that was Julian Surrey. Okay. And he, 
I don't know what he's doing right now. I think he golfs a lot on the European tour. Okay. But he had some. He's a he's a local guy. Sure. And uh, I hope so. From down St. Augustine. Did, Very now, good. Now, did he play for the team as well? Or? <laughs> he did not play for the Interesting. He did not. Interesting. I don't know if he did one of the contests at like in the halftime where you hit the golf shot like onto the field. He might have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So I think what you should do is I just think you should call up all your former teams, Kansas City, Chicago, Detroit, okay. Jags, yeah. and see, say, hey. Whatever the cost is, yeah, for a logo, and you wear them all. <laughs> just wear them all on the shirt, on the shorts. Or that, or I just wait to the highest bidder. Be like, hey, wh- wh- which one do you guys want, want the most? I'd, I'd probably go with. Forget about the bidding. Yeah, <laughs> okay. No, no, don't, don't hold them hostage. <laughs> Come I on, Brent. I'm, I'm a modern era athlete, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get mine. I don't know if I. What would do you think? See, you'd be a horrible <laughs> agent, man. I'm trying to get the most cash flow possible. Uh, I'm just trying to see what will work out the best for you. I hear you. I hear uh, you. I like the stuff we have out here as being GMs right now. Are we keeping the 25th overall pick in the pocket for the draft yes. to potentially move up for anybody? But we're talking Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Or do you go take that pick potentially right now or before free agency begins? And I think like sooner than later, especially with the, the franchise tag day tomorrow. Yeah. Do you take that to move for a guy like Orlando Brown knowing he's available and you could be in play for something like that? You have the dollars. You have the capital. I think it's a that'd be a really interesting discussion down at Jags headquarters. Yeah. Because I can make the sense for both. I still I think I move for Brown. Sure. And the reason why I say I think I move for Brown <laughs> because you're playing it safe, that's why. No, well Yeah. I'm not a play it safe guy, but I it is you a, are playing it, safe. it is an absolute. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get the feel. That Kyle Pitts is getting too far down that draft board. You don't know that, though. I don't, but I, what if it doesn't? How are you going to feel? What are you going to say to me on April 30th when you ended up picking Christian Barmore with that 25th pick and you didn't get either Orlando Brown or Kyle Pitts? <laughs> well, I hope they got Trent Williams. Or, or maybe they get Jalen Waddle. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, Brent, and listen, it's five words. Chris even said it himself. Like, I understand. Teal with it. We'll see for the slogan. You know, that's all right. I like that. Hashtag teal with it. Or hashtag risk it for the biscuit. Okay? <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm talking right now, Pillsbury, popping, you know, popping fresh. You know when you crack open that, that fresh new can and it makes a t- sound, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? The p- <laughs> yes. That's, that's rewarding. That's a good sound, That's actually. rewarding. And then when you're a kid, you kind of want to take a little scoop of it, even though it's probably not good for you, but you eat a little bit True. just to get your, you know, just to get your beak wet a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what we're doing here, Brent. We're risking it for the biscuit. Either you're on board or you're not. And if you're not on board, that's fine. But I'm just saying, just telling you right now. If it pans out like this and Kyle Pitts comes to the Jaguars after a trade, like I talked about, Trevor Lawrence is all yours, but you are not getting on the Kyle Pitts bandwagon. You, uh, listen, that, that's not fair, but uh, it's so fair. That's fine. The, this is a role reversal here. You're the guy that says run the football, stop the run, all yes, that stuff. Absolutely. Well, I've got Orlando Brown. This guy yeah. is a monster. He's a Good. big man. He's, big a, he's a pro bowler, all sure. pro guy. You can get him locked up. He's 27. You don't have to worry about the left tackle. Your offensive line is good. Why don't you want that? Didn't say I didn't want it, Brent. Now, if you can get, like, a second-round pick for him and maybe a player, well, then, well, then yeah, then let's go. To. Well, then, okay, then. Well, I'm not giving up the 25th pick, and I'm sorry. No, just be honest. If they actually do that, I won't be disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, I'll kind of just be like, ah, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. could have had Kyle. It's not pick. exciting. You could still do both if you really want to be aggressive and then just package, like, next year's first-round pick. Well, now we're just talking crazy, though. Well, right? no, keep in mind, the Jags have the 33rd overall pick, which is just on the outskirts, right? So, sure. I mean, they could actually take, if they wanted Pitts to move up, the, the, the value might be take both your second-rounders. True, yeah. 
you know? Yeah. That's or and mix in something else. I mean, yeah. it's the equivalent of 33 and 44, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Is that really that different than 25 and... Is there... And is, whatever else you would throw in. Is there know? any player, like, on the roster that we're not really talking about that, that would be, like, actually really good trade value? Like, you know, that that's obviously saw, currently under contract. I saw some people putting... This doesn't make sense to me, but I saw some people putting in the... Um, I think it was the Orlando Brown one. This might have been like Baltimore fans talking. Okay. Like, okay, go trade like DJ Chark. <laughs> Take him over, right? Yeah. Oh, the Jags aren't going to do anything no, like that. No. Uh, I don't think the Jags have anybody. Now, ask, hey, not, I, got, I got one guy. What? Brandon Linder. I was thinking yeah. of that, actually. Yeah. But then are you going to create a hole where you well, think you have a yeah. strength? But then remember, what was the whole Alex Are you Mack okay trade? with Tyler Shatley? I'm not opposed to Tyler Shatley. Well. I'm not opposed to Tyler Shatley. If trading Brandon Linder away meant that I could get a Kyle Pitts, Brandon, I love you, but come on, Kyle. But keep in mind, you're not going to. It's not. That's no. I'm, I'm nobody's just, going to come call say hey, sunshine and rainbows, Brandon. Brandon Linder. Well, I don't know, man. Remember, people wanted Alex Mack. Now he was the best center in the game at yeah, the time. I wanted Alex Mack. But I still then, think the Jags made a mistake. Did not they trade? Alex they, Mack. they traded away. Um, what was it? It was Alex Mack for Jimmy Graham, right, or something like that. What was the? I looked that when one he up went again. to Atlanta. Yeah. So keep in mind, the interesting thing about the Alex Mack deal back then was the Jags made a run at Mack. I and remember that. They, the Cleveland had the right first right of refusal, essentially. They could match, and they did. Yeah. So the Jags actually wanted him. Well, then the next year he came available again, and the Jags were like, eh, no thanks. It might have been the year two later. But he came, no thanks. Atlanta ends up getting him. And I think Mack went to like three more Pro Bowls. I think the Jags made a mistake not going after Alex Mack at the time. Yeah. I'm still looking it up, man. It's I, can, I can't find for, it. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't remember who was part of that deal, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't have been Graham. Graham never went to Cleveland, and he was never on Atlanta. So, no, I could I mean, the deal was between Cleveland and Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Oh, wow, yeah. It says the Jacksonville Jaguars offered him a five-year contract yes. worth $42 million. Oh, yeah, and so then they matched. Yeah. And by five years, 42 now would be, what a bargain. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 2014. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and then again, I think he became he, so they had the right to match. They match it. Cleveland does, and so I applaud the Jags for making the effort. But then the next year or two years later, he, he comes available again, and the Jags don't make a play for him. They think he's too old. He's like thirty or twenty nine. They're like, eh, okay, he might be on the downside. They were wrong. I mean, they were yeah. wrong. The, the Jags should have or could have gone after Alex Mack. Yeah, and they end up with a good center in Brandon Linder through the years. But the problem with Linder, especially early on in his career, was that he was hurt. And, and heck, even last year, I mean, he ends up hurt again. Mm-hmm. Their ability is the only question mark with Linder. Yeah, uh, it definitely sure. wasn't Jimmy Graham. I don't know where I got the Jimmy Graham thing from. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even know, know if it was much of a player swap. It might have been a pick thing. It might not even. I don't know. I, uh, th- I thought for sure there was whatever. Okay. The, uh, the other thing I had here is everybody's been really hot on the Allen Robinson front, right? Yes. Or a receiver. Yeah. Where do you stand on the receivers? Uh, do you want the Jags to go get a top-line receiver in free agency? Listen, you have the money to do it. It's definitely a luxury pick at this point, but if you have the money, I mean, you know, you can't be buried with it, as Zach Miller once told me when I questioned his snakeskin boots. I'm like, why do you spend so much money on exotic animal boots? And he goes, hey, man, the money, you can't take it with you. you can't be True. buried with it. I'm like, all right, Zach, you That's make a good point. something you usually hear from a 23-year-old. But... <laughs> well, it's from a rap song, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's from a hip-hop song. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm for it. It's not my top priority. But once again, we're talking about bringing in Trevor Lawrence, um, giving him as many weapons as possible, uh, giving him the tools to succeed. And if you bring in another another one A one B receiver to, to pair with DJ Chark, that only makes things better. So I'm all for it. 
So, but you're talking about frontline twenty million dollar guy, nineteen twenty million dollar guy, and Godwin or Allen Robinson yeah. or Galladay. Like you're okay. And do you think that really helps? Like, well, does listen, it change their offense? So, I think Godwin and Robinson would. I do like Galladay, but there's a little bit of injury history there. Okay, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. So if I was going to risk that much money on a receiver and a game changer, I'm going Godwin number one, and I'm going Allen Robinson number two. That's like the, the list of my priorities. Yeah, you're big Godwin. I like Godwin. Which? How does each change the offense, though? Because, you know, I'm a big Robinson fan. I made yeah. a 12-minute well, I'm pitch a, I'm a big Robinson fan. Uh, yeah, I put I him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then you also talk smack about Penn State. Well, that's all so right. now he's not coming here. No, that's not. He has no ill will toward us at all. Okay. Uh, the How does – they're different players, right? Robinson and Godwin. I'd say like, so. I feel like Robinson, just that trustworthy third and eight guy, but also you can go get it deep too. You know, you just go yeah. throw. I feel like he's a combination guy. Not flat out, he's obviously not going to run by you. Um, but I feel like he becomes your number one, and along with Chark, your one one a one b whatever you want to call it. Uh, certainly fits that bill. Absolutely. He's not. Uh, listen. I love A-Rob, but he's not Julio Jones. Uh, he's not that kind of number one. Uh, but he can be the Jags' number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godwin feels a little different to that. Can can he assume that kind of role, 1A, 1B, with in that same respect? Or how do you see no, li- his play? Well, listen, the reason why he can assume the 1A, 1B is because he did it last year. When it was him, it was him and Mike Evans. Yeah. Now, when Antonio Brown got in town, it was a little different. Then he was counted more on the outside as opposed to just lining up in the slot all the time. I just think Godwin, he's got the breakaway speed. Um, in terms of age, I think he turns 25 later in a couple months or so, so he's still he's, super yeah, young. Yeah, he's younger than a he, Yeah, he's, uh, he's super young. Um when you talk about him as well, like, listen, I'm not sure if you could envision him running like the jet sweeps and things like that, but the, with the guy's agility and kind of being the jack of all trades, I, I can envision Urban Meyer lining him up everywhere and putting him all around the field, you know, and saying, yeah, like, yeah. try to stop this guy. That's why I, I'm a really big fan uh, of Godwin. To me, I mean, he's almost like an Antonio Brown. It reminds me of a little bit. No, I mean, I mean Antonio Brown's prime was a different animal, but I'm saying what you get from him right now, comparable here's okay so the point of this conversation for me is i don't think they're gonna do it i i think they i hope they spend on two players and i'm perfectly fine if alan robinson's one of them they spend okay this yeah. is not like please don't do this jaguars this is just more my logical view of why them and other teams will be reluctant to spend 20 million on galladay godwin and and a rob and one is i think a rob probably out of all those three maybe galladay fits here too like bona fide number one for their teams mm-hmm. again like you just said it godwin's not godwin you can argue is like the number three guy yeah on their team well yeah i mean he's he's two i, I mean I, I yeah, yeah i hear you I, man, I get but it. like he's yeah he, can't. But he hasn't had to assume that kind of role and, and in fairness yeah. that's the way the nfl is now you have multiple guys you yeah. almost don't need you don't want just one guy you want three guys for that's sure. what kansas city has changed and others but kansas city has really changed that where you better have multiple weapons and you again i would say don't get satisfied jags you have a nice little group of core uh, receivers but mm-hmm. you can do better you can get more you can you can get better at that position so the reason why i don't think they'll do that is because there are so many receivers out there now not just in free agency but in the draft, the draft is loaded with receivers again, and it has been for now like three years in a row. And quite frankly, the way the NFL game, the college game have changed and the way the sport has changed, I think there will be for the next five years. 
There will be receivers plentiful. There's not the case with big-time defensive tackles, left tackles, even corners. That's not the case where you have just this litany of stars. I mean, look at the, the guys in the draft. Jamar Chase, right? People think stud. Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle, Devontae Smith. Rondale Moore from Purdue, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota. I mean, I'll go down even further. Uh, this is like Kadarius Tony's on here. Tamori and Terry from Florida State. Will he be a good pro? Who knows? But you can wonder. Amari Rogers from Clemson uh, is is on this list uh, for CBS Sports. Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Remember, he took a pee in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. he was awesome last year <laughs> in terms of productivity. Like these are guys' but, names that we know because sure. I think we just know the sport, and so now we know every receiver even in college football because they're having 200 yard games. Yeah, I don't know if all this translates to being like the guy, but it does well, probably translate to being part of the group. But no, but here's the thing about that, though, Brent. OK, it's a deep receiver class once again. But let's go to last year real quick. And let's because that, that was supposed to be a deep wide receiver class. Yeah. OK, well, let's see. Henry Ruggs. How did he do? Eh, no. OK, Jerry Judy. How did he do? Nah. Eh, it's okay. OK, actually, his numbers aren't bad. OK, CD Lamb. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was good. I mean, he 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 flourished, but obviously, they like they have yeah, but yeah, I think so too. I agree with that one. Jalen Ragor. Now, like I said, I think he came on the last handful of games, but outside of that, it was pretty disappointing early on. He's hurt a lot, I think. Yeah, for sure. Let's go. So he had 26 receptions. Obviously, Justin uh, Jefferson. He had the 31 receptions, one touchdown, 396 yards. And I think that was late, Jaylen. though. I think he was okay. hurt most of the year. Yep. That's why. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. Well, obviously, that's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean, very good. on his way to being all-pro, if he's not all-pro already. He's he's all pro. Made yeah. I don't think he was all-pro. But but. He's on his way. Brandon Ayuk. Showed promise. Uh, yeah, but pretty good. Got right? hurt. So, I mean, ended up with five but touchdowns. I think they're happy to have him. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't look guy. like a bus pick. Doesn't look like, like a, a bus pick. You can start to wonder if he's going to be a bust in Oakland. Sure. T. Higgins. I'm Vegas. T. Higgins. Uh, very good with Burrow. 67 receptions, six touchdowns, 908 yards, that was a really almost nice a thousand pick. yards. Michael Pittman. Uh, very good for Indianapolis. 40 receptions, 500 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so very. Got to, yeah. Let me say good. Yeah, okay. Not very good. Uh, let's finish the second and round. He's not here. giving up 11 to Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. Uh, Lavisca Chanel. Five yeah. touchdowns, 58 I, receptions. I, mean, happy I think they like him. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say I have him to pencil him in for five Pro Bowls yet. Yeah. K.J. Hamler. Pick number 46. Um, I remember him a little bit, but not enough to know exactly what he did. What did he do? Does, uh, three touchdowns, 30 receptions, 381 yards. Yeah, you can do Denver that. Broncos. You can get that from anybody. Keelan Cole, whatever. Chase Claypool. Very good. good very good. Yes, I'll give you that one. That was second-round pick, by the way. Uh, finish up the second round. Van Jefferson. Very good. Uh, I'm okay. I mean, he had one touchdown in the regular season, obviously. One touchdown, 19 receptions, 220 yards. Is that all he had? Correct. Wow. Okay. Maybe he felt very good because he made it more of an impact than they thought he was going to be. So I'll take that back, too. I didn't realize his numbers were that low. Was he more big a part of their postseason? Postseason, for sure. Okay. Yep. Um, And then the last guy is in the second round, Denzel Mims. Uh, I think he did much. 23 receptions, 357 yards. See the Jets? Zero touchdowns. Correct. Uh. Okay, so so I mean that that that's the deep wide receiver class from last year that everyone was touting. Okay, I get that, but how many guys last year actually made a really big impact? That's a good. Point. Give me the leading receiver um, in terms of. So what did Jefferson do? Okay. Oh man. Uh, uh, actually, take Jefferson out of here and then give well, me the next best well, receptions. Okay. Well, was so, that Chenault? Fifty-eight. So real, so real quick, so Justin Jefferson had eight-eight receptions, fourteen hundred yards, and seven touchdowns. 
Okay, he was amazing. That was yeah. good. Like, you couldn't sign Al- – if you signed Allen Robinson, you couldn't ask him to do more than he did. That's no, my point. Okay. Uh, the, the next guy up in terms of receptions, we're talking – Oh, probably pretty high. No. Uh, it's actually C.D. C- Lamb. C.D. Lamb had 70 – my bad. You put me on the spider. Uh, C.D. Lamb had 74 receptions, 935 yards, and five touchdowns. Okay, so that's a good one. Okay, so yeah. C.D. Lamb, who was picked, what, like 19th or 18th or 17th. something overall? 17th? 17th. So that's your first round pick. And he was the uh, young player, the third wide receiver taken. Yeah. And so he delivers. Yes. Uh so you got a couple of guys in that kind of category where you're talking 70, 80 receptions, 100, I mean, 1000 yards and a handful of touchdowns or more. Yeah. I mean, that's a good year for a wide receiver. It I is. mean, that, that's well, especially like, with Andy Dalton and whoever else throwing yeah, the ball. Yeah, even rock. if even if you bring in A-Rob like you can't, you're not gonna say, "Hey, A. Rob, we signed you for twenty million, but we need fourteen hundred and fourteen out of you." Like, no, C.D. Lamb was he had a good season. Yeah, so yeah. that's what you're asking. So the big question here internally is for these teams: is can we get a lot of that production by saving twenty million mm-hmm. a year? You know, can we get C.D. Lamb kind of production, uh, or or even a little bit below maybe what A. Rob or Chris Godwin or what Galladay will will give us, but we're not spending twenty million. We can sure. go get two receivers for the price of one and get their 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 or get a tight end and a receiver and get their production combined. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's those are the conversations I believe that teams have and therefore I think most of the time they're going to say with this receiving class I don't know about 20 million. You know, no, no, I mean, see, the Saints just spent $20 million on Michael Thomas. He didn't play last year. But but this is my point though. Let's say like you get a guy in the draft Maybe a little less than let's say he's got let's say you guys get Brandon Ayuk let's say you got 77 receptions uh, I'm sorry 60 receptions 748 yards and five touchdowns okay and keep in mind he didn't play the whole season no, I don't think so but let's say you get best rookie year yeah of course but like if you see what they have right now well they got DJ Chark okay mm-hmm. they they have Lavisca Chanel who you just drafted in the second round last year yeah so like. Does it make sense to try to take a guy and hope that, once again, risk it and hope it works out for that many numbers? Or do you get the sure thing, hopefully, with a Chris Godwin, a Kenny Gowdy, or an Allen Robinson? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get that you can risk it in the draft and possibly get some production, but like, you need two production. You maybe need like a one production kind of guy. At least yeah. with Chris Godwin and Gowdy, you know you're getting that. Yeah. Uh, I need the guy. He's going to change my offense. Correct. If you feel like Godwin, uh, Godwin, Galladay, or A-Rob is going to change Curtis my Samuel. offense, <laughs> if, if I feel like they're <laughs> going Steve. to change it, yeah, yeah. then I think it's worth $20 million. If yeah. I think they're just going to compile numbers and I can get 80% of that production maybe in the draft with a good selection with my 33rd pick, my 44th pick, yeah. well, then I'll probably go that route again. Like Again, I'm talking from a logic standpoint. This is not... Me saying, hey, I don't want A-Rob. I don't want Godwin. I don't want Galladay. I like the idea of it. I'd applaud it if it happened. I like the all-in nature of that. I just don't think the Jags are going to do it because of the logic I just gave you. I think they're going to spend their dollars somewhere else because they have enough holes to do it. And their biggest of holes is probably not at receiver. And the depth in the draft shows we can get some of that. Yeah. Like, they're better off spending their dollars on the defensive front. The depth in the draft is not as strong there. So the fallback option is not great, and you need Agreed. to add to your defensive front. Uh, that's the logic in that uh, where we go. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Well, listen, if we wanted to just bump WWE by like a half hour or a few minutes, yeah. we should have just rolled your your highlight tape. Oh. Austin Lane. Oh, and there it is. 
Yeah, no, Brent's playing ball. All of a sudden, Chapman throwing some high heat at me. Watch out for that suspension, Brent. Real quick, though. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The two big quarterbacks who have been traded so far both orchestrated their moves in different ways to ideal spots. Both are going to win super competitive divisions. And I would not be shocked if either one of them is in the Super Bowl next year. I believe those teams are that good. Right now, the Colts are 12-1 to at Caesars William Hill to win the AFC fifth in that conference. I think they're better than that. The Rams are 6.5-1, to third in the NFC to win the conference. I think that's about right. I think they are right there with the favorites. It's Tampa, it's Green Bay, and it's the Rams with Matthew Stafford. And I will go one step further and say if Matthew Stafford, healthy, had been the Rams quarterback last year, I'm not sure they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, I don't know if I believe it. Yeah. Who'd they lose to? They lost to Green Bay? Green Bay. What was that? Green Bay beat them up pretty good, right? Uh, Yes. That's correct. So you're telling me Matthew Stafford would have made that much of a difference in that game? Like did golf play poorly in that game? I don't think he even did. Like it, wasn't it, he was hurt though? Wasn't he? they lost 32 to 18? Golf went 21 of 27, 174 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. It wasn't his thumb messed up. Was it his thumb? Well, yeah, that, it happened yeah. weeks prior. But then he had the surgery, got back, and Wolford went out like in the playoffs against Seattle, and then mm-hmm. he played Seattle, beat Seattle, and then. Okay, so you just said 21 to 27 for 170 something a touchdown, and and now that, by the way, Matt Miller is game manager. Okay, uh, that's what a game manager does. But yes, Brent's on board. But I would say, okay, Stafford comes in and does what? Throws 24 for 35 for 240 yards and maybe two touchdowns, and they still don't win the game. I mean, you, you know? want to see Matthew Stafford's numbers against the Packers last year? Well, you can do it. It's going to be really hard to tell. They still wanted to run the football, is my point. You know, they, you're going to play defense. You're going to run. They gave up 32 points. Mm. Their defense is supposed to be good. Yeah. It's like the best they had. They gave up 32 points. I don't know. They lost the game because of the quarterback. Sure. No, you're right. And I don't remember every element of the game, so maybe all 32 was. No, Cam Akers did really oh, well. well. Was, a fumble. Was, it, was there a fumble in that game, actually? You think of Aaron Jones against Tampa? Oh, that's when I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm just. I don't know if Matthew Stafford makes that much of a difference. Oh, well, there might have been a fumble with Cam Akers. In that my, my bad. Are you talking about from the opponent, or are you talking about from the Packers? I was no, I was talking about from say from uh, St. Louis, from L.A. Yeah, I think I think Cam Akers did might have he might have fumbled. Did he fumble? Yeah. Uh, either way, the the bottom line is I don't know if Stafford's making helping you win that game. Like, that's what Greenberg just said, and I don't know if I agree with that. I also will say the same. Like I, now, listen. Over the course of the season, there there are zero turnovers in that game. Okay. Over the course of the season, do I think Stafford is going to help them more than than Goff? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you from that game alone, I don't know how much more he could have elevated and closed a 14-point gap in the game. I, I don't no, know. No, listen, it wasn't going to happen. Green Bay was firing on all cylinders, playing at home. And keep in mind, Aaron Donald was hurt. I think he had, like, the ribs or, like, That's the right. cartilage. Yeah, yeah. So he, was, uh, he wasn't he was really getting home. Like, he wasn't 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think regardless of Matthew Stafford – I think Green Bay wins that game. Well, and so to to add to that, so I will say I think Stafford upgrade mm-hmm. over Goff, no doubt. I agree. In my opinion, uh, now they're already very good. Does it make them Super Bowl good? Well, I think that's a fine line. You can get a lot better at quarterback and still not be Super Bowl ready because you still have Brady and the Bucks and a lot of Green but Bay and thing. other teams. Like where it stands right now, are they the third best team in the NFC. I think hands th- down. I think that's well. I don't know about hands down. I mean, are they be- that much better than Seattle? Like. 
I, I think they're betting favorites over Seattle, but I, I I know they've had Seattle's number, so that certainly helps. Sure, sure. But I, I don't know if I'd clearly pick the Rams to beat Seattle. Mm. They go play t- in the playoffs. I, I don't know if I'm taking that again. Okay. So, like I said, I, I think for the course of the year, and then, you know what the course of the year does, maybe gives you some home field, you're not on the road, all those kind of things. Yeah. That adds up. So I, I don't want to dismiss it. What my point of this is really that I just don't think Carson Wentz gives Indianapolis that kind of bump, even though he could. He There is no difference, in my opinion, between Phillip Rivers going to Indy and, and uh, Wentz going to Indy. They both come with huge ifs. Now, I gambled on the if that Rivers was going to play well. Yeah. And for the most part, I was right. It didn't get him to the Super Bowl, but they had a good season with him. It depends which side you want to gamble on with Wentz. So from a betting standpoint, I don't necessarily think that makes them automatically better. Stafford makes them automatically better with L.A. See, and I disagree wholeheartedly. Like, I, I'm, Let's see Philip Rivers' stats here from his last year. So 11-5, and five, obviously the record speaks for itself. Um <clears throat> 369 for 543. That's 68% completion percentage. That's good. Um, good. Now, obviously, the completions were down a little bit, but that's all good. 24 touchdowns. Yeah. Um, How many interceptions? So, yeah, 24 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. So, not bad. But I just think having the dual threat guy like, and by the way, for the quarterback rating, that was 62% for QBR, and the regular rating was 97 um, even. With that being said, though, I just think having a dual threat ability of a Carson Wentz and having a coach that's obviously worked with him before, I I like the intrigue. I think it's an upgrade from Philip Rivers. The, the Philip Rivers that you got coming from the Chargers, who obviously was on the back nine of his career, um, and then going to Indianapolis, I think it's an upgrade from that Philip Rivers. Yeah, uh, I don't. <laughs> well, here we go. This is going to be the bet, then. This yeah. is the first bet of the of the, of the year. Well, this is a great. This would be a great bet. Do you think? Who has better numbers? Who has better numbers, or are they eleven and five? Nope. Who has better numbers? <laughs> Upgrade means you're gonna win change. more. No, no. Defense has changed. I'm saying who has the better. Listen, if Carson Wentz comes in and has better numbers, that's an upgrade at the quarterback position, is it not? Well, sometimes, yes. I mean, it is. How, it's how, not how automatically not... an upgrade at the quarterback position. If Carson Wentz, sometimes listen, it's about man. wins, and other well, times it's, it's not. No, listen, it's about wins, obviously. But I'm saying if Carson Wentz comes in. And he has better numbers than Philip Rivers put up last year. Is that an upgrade at the quarterback position? I would say most likely yes. Yeah, because you know what that would tell me? Everybody around him didn't play as well as they did last year. But okay, Phillip so Rivers. if he throws, it's what was uh, Rivers was twenty four and eleven, and so if Wentz goes twenty six and ten, but they win nine games instead of eleven. Twenty four and eleven. Yep. I mean, I think that's like, a, is that a wash? Like, I don't know. Like, it's got to be. No, it's, it's, it's got to be distinctly. Yeah, sure. I, so, and, and I will give that to you. All right, fine. I'll, t- I'll take that. So 68%. How many yards did he throw for? Uh, Phil Rivers, uh, he threw for 4,169. Okay, 4,100 yards, 68%, 24 touchdowns, 11 picks. I will say Carson Wentz won't duplicate those numbers. Okay. You're saying he does? Yes. All right, fair yeah. enough. I like it. I'll ride with that. On the board. Put it on the board. First bet of 2021. So, yeah, that's, that's all we got to do. So we have to duplicate those numbers. We, we don't even say he's got to do better. He has to duplicate the numbers that Philip Rivers did. Yeah. Okay. No. Now, here's the thing, though. Rushing yards. Oh, those rushing yards are going to be good for me. No. Here's the thing. I mean, no. Well, there's one caveat here. Yeah. If they're the some numbers are the same and the win total is, like, I'll give you a two-game window. 
But if they're like eight and eight and the numbers are the same, I win the damn bet. No, you don't, because if Carson yes. Wentz has like ten rushing touchdowns and congratulations, then I just beat that. If so they, if he has better numbers than Philip Rivers and they win eight games while Rivers won eleven, I win the bet. Brent, no, because what happens if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt or something like that? No, friend, the, the whole argument is an upgrade at the quarterback position. That's all we're talking about. Not upgrade at the team position. I'm not betting you will the Colts be better than last. No. All I'm betting you is, is when Carson Wentz comes in, will the Colts miss a step at the quarterback position from Phillip Rivers last year? And I say no. Are we in agreement? Do you want me to? Are we in agreement? Do you want me to tell you what numbers Blake Bortles was better than in 2015 other quarterbacks? And you're going to tell me that Blake Bortles was an upgrade and better? It doesn't. No. What what are are you talking about? Because his stats were better. He threw 35 touchdowns and 4,500 yards. And if Nick Foles would have came in and like did better than Blake Bortles and won two games, yeah, that's an upgrade from Blake Bortles. So that's what I'm trying to say. All the debate is, is that Carson Wentz is going to come in and put up the same numbers or better numbers than Phillip Rivers. I don't care about wins. I care about the quarterback position because, as we know, ask Matthew Stafford, it's not always about the quarterback, is it, Brent? It's a team game. Coos, Coos, please make sure, as in Austin's words, this would be a button, okay? Because next year when he picks his quarterback du jour, you know, which is probably – Jalen Hurts. Might be. Right? Uh, and when he tells surprised. me that Jalen Hurts is fumbling and all this stuff, and I bring it up on the check mark or no check mark, and he says, but who got to win? But who got to win? Like when, he did with Kyle Murray, right? When did he did win I, or not? When you did, did I, with Kyle Murray the whole no, freaking fall? I didn't. Whoa, time out. Matter. Look at Look at Kyler Murray. No, 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 no. See, now, now you're just talking crazy. I use the rushing yards and the passing touchdowns, a.k.a. tids. Hey, it, was, it was never dubs, was it? Well, was it about the dubs or was it about the tids? The touchdowns. When it he was had a about bad the game, it was about the dubs. What was Daniel Jones doing, bro? <laughs> the, the, only, the only reason why Daniel Jones was even on the competition was because, well, the Giants won the game, so let's give him a try. So what are you talking about right now? All I want to get into go back and is that Carson. Yeah, rewind the tape. Let's see what happens. He had good numbers, Are then. things on tape still? I still say tape a lot. You, 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 hey, you, you can try to dig out and backpedal all you want. I'm not backpedaling. That's fine. You can have it. Wentz the, is not going to even throw 24 and 11, 4,000 yards and 68%. I'll, you, I'll stick on that bet. But I'm you, telling you, if it's equal, then it's – and he wins eight games instead of 11. I win the damn bet. You should start letting, uh, you know, the – At the quarterback position. The, uh, the, the viewers, argument. right, of the stream on, on Twitch, on YouTube, you got to tell them to clip that. Clip that. They'll clip it, and then when it needs to come back up, you say, hey, where's there's a clip of this somewhere. Someone's got to tweet it, you know? Hey, YouTubers, 690 Syndicate, clip that last segment. Clip it, man. I, I don't know what we're doing anymore, honestly, on the show. All I wanted is a quarterback comparison. That's all I wanted. I and, you, and we got into this on. whole thing. Is, are you sure it's game on, though, yeah. or are you trying to throw the wins at me I again? feel bad for you now. Why do you feel bad for me? Matter. I'm gonna hey, win the bet. The, the people are speaking on the interwebs, all right? And guess what? They're not in support of you right now. So keep <laughs> on talking. Just your buddies that have also been kicked out of the pickle. <laughs> There's a couple of them on there. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks <laughs> on ESPN 690. Do you still care about the miracle on ice? I ask you, kids. <laughs> Next on ESPN 690. Who's like, what's that? Give you goosebumps. 
Is it the biggest sports moment in American sports history? I put that out there today expecting a little blowback on that. Like somebody's going to say, you know, somebody joked that it was like the Iron Bowl in 2000. I think they were joking. <laughs> but uh, uh, if they weren't, well, it's not the yeah. Iron Bowl. I believe for the last, well, maybe even say 35 years, but at some point past 19, it might have been instantaneously. But so for the last 40 years, that's been the biggest sports moment in American sports history, I think. Yeah. And what's crazy is all the sports moments we've had, all these big things that have gone down, all these great athletes, and I don't think anything has surpassed it. I think 41 years later, the miracle on ice is still the moment. Which makes me believe that I don't think anything will pass it ever. Like, I'm not sure any moment in sports. Think about all the unbelievable moments we've had. I don't think any moment in sports is going to pass it. And I just think, I put in my tweet that I think technology plays a little bit of a role. Keep in mind, that thing was on tape delay back in 1980. Yeah. And so that alone, you know, now with social media, everybody would know and well, just the world, right? Russia, United States, the Cold War, the political, the the sports, the underdog part of it. I mean, everything. I just don't know if you can get that again. I don't think you can dial up all the boxes to check to duplicate that. I know in my lifetime, but I'm not sure hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Like, I, I guess if, like, we somehow figure out a way to be, like, dominant in soccer – and soccer at some point is like now the number but, one sport in America. But there was so much political stuff behind it though too, Brent. Like you fail to realize. I mean, no, I mean that, I know the, I realize. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm saying like, that. That's, well, could there be political stuff down the road again in soccer? It's a global thing. I mean, could there be something and then we? Yeah, but we the up, team that you're playing against. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you just don't it's, know what it's going to look like some 120 years from now or something. Sure. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I could even think of at the moment that might try to equal it. Like there, there's. There's World War Three happening or yeah, something, yeah. and and our soccer program is now taken off, and we are going to beat some world power in soccer at the same time. There's a war going on, and yeah. the, the whole universe is changing. You know, I mean, who knows? That's the kind it's, of script you have to write. You know, it's so interesting because, like, I, I've talked to my stepdad about this before, and, like, he kind of set the scene a little bit. Like, it was such a big deal. Like, he was in, he was in college at the time. He actually went to Eau Claire, which is the home of the pickle, yeah. by the way. So he's at Eau Claire, and, like, I guess, like, the there entire— probably a couple of them played up that way. Oh, I, I, exactly, for sure. But I guess, like, the whole, like— college you know like the classes were, sh- were shut down like i mean everybody was like watching this in the bars and everything like it was that big of a deal and like, i get sometimes there's like the world cup and people will go to the bar and watch it but like the way he made it sound is like the entire town of you know whatever i think it's seventy, eighty thousand people shut down to experience this you know this olympic moment and it's funny because i obviously they didn't really have betting back then i assume but like, i wonder what the odds would have been yeah i probably seen you know? it before the odds were sick uh, so here's here's the thing we all know it's unbelievable everybody knows the call from al michaels uh, it's legendary the whole you know the story you've seen the movie of course but what i kind of want to know i'm 43 years old that was 41 years ago and it resonates like it is it is unbelievable like uh, i'm from rhode island uh, my mom thinks that is a still a big deal like she's not even this huge sports fan right mm-hmm. um hockey is big up in new england you've got the local angle with a ruzioni and and others uh because they're new england guys boston guys and so that all resonated with me even as a kid 
you know, the Olympics were still big when I was a kid, like 84, I think I remember, 88 or whatever it was. Like when those next Olympics – Everybody kept still talking, even though I didn't remember or was born when I was like two yeah. <laughs> at the at at the Miracle on Ice. People still referred to it and talked about it. And the U.S. hockey team was a thing. It's, it's like gymnastics is a big thing and ice skating is a big thing in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, the U.S. hockey team for those years was still big. Like we had local guys on the team yeah. um, for the U.S. hockey team, like a second cousin that was like on the team. I didn't really know him well. Dang, but, yeah, sure. it, you know, so it was huge yeah. still. But for you, who's 32 years old, 30 years old from Wisconsin, for Coos, who's from Philadelphia and is 29, 30 years old, whatever it is, does the the Miracle on Ice do anything for you guys is my question. Yeah, I mean, so for me personally, and maybe I'm a little biased because I grew up playing hockey. Right. Yeah. So like, I mean, if, if but that's you, okay. Yeah. But I'm saying if you grew up playing hockey, though, like you're you're always reminded. See, it's funny because to me, there's like two hockey moments more than anything. Um, the Miracle on Ice is number one. And then I, Mark Messier, for whatever reason, and then the Rangers were in the Stanley Cup was big, like in my 94, kind of 94. Yeah. Because I, I saw the hat at my mom's house. Okay. Like the, the, yeah. The Stanley, yeah. Like that was a big moment. That was for, a big moment. In yeah. Hockey. Yeah. But um, obviously the Miracle on Ice was the biggest one. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was ingrained when you first started skating just how big it was. Just because, like you said, I mean, a lot of those guys were from the area, from from Wisconsin, Minnesota area. So, like, they're almost like these folk heroes where it's like, well, so-and-so knew this guy. Or it's like his third cousin removed. Like, yeah. even if like, you're associated with one of those players, it's like, dang, you know, you met that guy, you shook his hand. So, uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, I, it's probably the greatest sports moment in my lifetime. And so much so, I think I've shared this story before, at the Combine. Um, they asked because, you know, it's a bunch of crazy questions. One of the questions they asked me was, like, what is your favorite sports moment? And I said, you did. Miracle on Ice, that's even though I wasn't even born for it. How about that? So, I'm okay, like, Miracle so on Ice, because what it meant for everybody. Yeah, so yeah. you knew the historical clues. Real quick, not to admonish you, I mean, you don't have to say yes to this, but, I mean, where does the Miracle on Ice, is it even – I mean, well, is, is Joel L. and Bede's 50-point no, no, no. the other night? The most iconic sports moment in sports history is the Allen Iverson step-over. Like, I don't even know what we're talking about. I mean, about that, that, that was a big one, man. I was happy for Ty that Ty Lue, come on. Yeah, yeah, that was good. But, I mean, does it even register? Like, does this matter? Does America on ice? When you hear that call, does it matter? Or do you just think of the movie? I think of the movie. Have you seen but the movie? I think of I think it's exciting, but I think of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, I get it that it was a huge thing, and I get behind it, but but to me, I think of the movie. Yeah, and I I honestly don't Can't know the them. answer to this question, yeah. right? Like, I don't know, like, Ty and Kaylee at 15 years old, I think they know about it. I don't yeah. know if it resonates at all. It doesn't feel like, I mean, again, I was two when it happened, but it still, like, gives me goosebumps talking about it. You know, Absolutely. I've interviewed those guys at the 25th reunion Did you really? in New York. It, it was awesome. It was one of my the great thrills of, of the business is being able to go do a story. We did this whole special yeah. on uh, the Miracle on Ice. And I will say this. For folks who don't know where Lake Placid, New York is, <laughs> go to Lake Placid, New York, and try to go in the winter now. Yeah. Dress up. But you can feel it. Yeah. It's like you can feel Al Michaels' call still there walking the streets of, of Lake Placid, New York. Like, if you get a chance to go to Lake Placid, go to Lake Placid. That'd be my... Done. If it put it on the bucket list. It's done. It's a I pretty like cool it. place. Uh, it'll be it, Is that rink still there, you think? Oh, or yeah. Not? yeah. It's still there and everything? Oh, yeah. Cool. That's now, awesome. Wait a minute. Now, I should say this. I haven't been there in 15 years, but I, I don't. I haven't seen anything. I that, mean, it would be cool to say that. I mean, it's not the same ice, probably, <laughs> yeah. but obviously. But it would be cool to say, hey, you skate around that rink. The I mean, whole town, just the village of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. You just can kind of imagine oh, yeah. the scene. So, uh, 
Uh, check it out if you ever get a chance to go. We'll be back uh, football at 5 coming up. We'll get back some football topics along the way on ESPN 690. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.